Well, good morning, Barrel Life Church. Come on, who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Make a little bit of noise, man. It is so good to see you guys. We want to welcome everybody to all of our campuses. Thank you guys for joining us. We also want to welcome everybody watching online. Thank you for participating with us today. Well, it is the month of February, so you know what that means. Super Bowl, right? Come on, right? There's Super Bowls coming up here, and uh, if your favorite team's not in there, I know that stinks, but anyway. But it is February, and on February, a lot of times, we dedicate this month to talk about love, right? We talk about relationships, and it's good and bad for a lot of people. Some people love it, some people don't, and some people got to spend a lot of money, and some people don't. And so it's like, hey, this is February. It's going to be fun. We usually dedicate this month to talk about relationships, and it's going to affect every single one of us, no matter what type of relationship that you may be in. So we're going to do a relationship series, and I'm going to let you know, if you are single or single again, this series is for you. If you are dating, this series is for you. If you are married, newlywed, doesn't matter how long you've been married, this series is for you. So we're gonna have some fun with this, and I would encourage you just to kind of walk this out as we go through this series together, because at the end of the day, right, when it comes to the fairy tale ending, we all want happily ever after. Right, I mean, we all want happily ever after, and that's just the story, no matter whether it's Cinderella, or whether it's Snow White or my personal favorite, Shrek. Can I get a witness? Come on now. Come on. Come on. Shrek, I love it. It's so funny. It's hilarious. But anyway, and may, maybe we all want the happily ever after. And really, at the end of the day, that's what we want to focus on. For the last 15 years here at Bear Life Church, we've had incredible kids ministry. We have incredible student ministry. We have incredible college outreach ministry that we do. We had tons of college students here this week as we had our college night. And one of the things we really wanted to focus on in 2023 is marriages. So if you are part of Better Life Church, listen, and you are married, we are gonna do everything in our power this year to help you. And you may be here and you're newlywed. You may be here and you're struggling in your marriage. You may be here and your marriage is okay, but you're just kind of roommates. You may be here and listen, your marriage is awesome. I mean, this is unbelievable. This year is for you. We're desert. We have, we're putting resources, time, energy into in, marriages this year because we want this to have the best marriages ever, right? Because if we want to grow the families, it starts with a healthy marriage. And we want to grow, watch this, from the inside out. We just talked about this last series. And so listen, this is the year that we want to really pour into your marriage. You know, we kicked it off doing Parents Night Out. My personal fave, come on, coming up here at our Moorhead campus is Dancing With Your Spouse. Let's go. Let's go. Man, that's going to be so much fun. Listen, it's February the 18th, and listen, everybody at our Ashley campus, Grayson campus, we invite you to come be part of that. And listen, if you're married, you have a married couple friend you want to bring with you, that, that's fine. We are going to have so much fun. I just can't wait, man. That's going to be so much fun. But that is coming up February the 18th, and what we plan to do is have some fun, have some fun months, and then all of a sudden come and do like a marriage workshop where we get proactive working on our marriage, right? Proactively working on our marriage together. And then we're gonna have some fun, we're gonna have some more fun, then we're gonna come back together, we're gonna say, hey, let's designate some time to work on our marriage, and let's make this the best marriage that we could possibly have. And so, man, I am so excited. That's just a little commercial break for what's to come. But it doesn't take long to look around, and you know this, marriages are struggling, it doesn't take long to look around. And most people don't talk about it, at least guys don't. Like, guys don't go to work really and talk about, hey, have their problems with their, with their marriage. They really don't talk about it. 
Ladies, you do, you talk about it, you may have, it's either you're talking to your, your sister about it or you'll talk to your mom about it or you'll have that real close friend at work or somebody that you just kind of vent to and you can talk about it. Guys mainly don't, girls, you usually have somebody. I mean, you even go to the bathroom in groups, you know what I'm saying? So you always have like somebody there with you, guys don't, but well, we wanna work on that. It doesn't take long to look around. You know people in your life whose marriages are struggling. And the statistic is still true today, and though it's a little slightly on a decline, but marriages end, and 40 to 50% of marriages will end in divorce. Now, I want you to think about that. You're standing at the altar, you're saying your vows, you can flip a corner. Is this gonna work? I don't know, it's 50-50, you know, let's take a shot, like heads or tails. Maybe it'll work out for us. So it's 40 to 50% of marriages end in divorce. If you choose to get married a second time, 60% of second marriages end in divorce. You already have the odds stacked against you. And if you, the third time, right? The third time's a charm. Like, this is gonna be the one. Like, even if you decide to get married a third time, watch this, 73% of third marriages end in divorce. It's stacked against us. So we have to do something about it. The average, watch this, the average length of the first marriage in the United States, the average length of the first marriage is eight years. They're married, the average length of the second marriage, if you choose to get married a second time, is seven. And then it gets worse as you go down. The average of the third marriage is five years. Now, that's an anomaly, right? Because some of you here, you're on your second marriage and it's the best. And you've been married 25 years, 30 years, and it's awesome. And that is great. I'm just saying, across the board, marriages are in trouble. And so we wanna be part of, of a movement that helps watch us restore and be the best and have the fairy tale in and be the best marriages that we can have. And that's what we're gonna do this year. So if you wanna be part of what's going on here at Bear Life Church, we'd love to invite you, especially if you're married, to walk this journey out with us this year because we're gonna have a fun. We're gonna have a blast making this happen and also walk through this series. So today though, as we talk about happily ever after, that's what we want, before we get to happily ever after, watch this, we have to have happily ever now. Because if you're not happy now or have joy now, I promise you that's not gonna fix your problems when you get married. In fact, they will magnify them. And so how do, I, how do I say happily ever now? How do I prep now? So yes, this message is gonna gear to you if you're single or you're single again. But if you're married, it can apply to you as well because there's some things you can learn. So what do I need to do in my life right now? Now, what do I do before I get married? And what do I need to have in place to be full of joy and happiness in the Lord? So let's go to the first marriage then. Let's go to Genesis chapter two. If you got your Bibles or you can turn on your phone, Genesis chapter two, I'm using the New Living Translation. We're gonna go all the way back to the first marriage. Um, and let's just learn what was taking place before Adam and Eve tied the knot. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. In Genesis chapter two, verse 18, the Bible says this. It says, everything that God made was good, and everything was good, the stars, the plants, the suns, everything was awesome, and everything was good, and then, after he breathed life into Adam, made him from the dust, here's what God said. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, a few observations from this. Adam wasn't lonely. Adam wasn't walking around the garden going, everybody else has somebody, God, why don't I have somebody? Look, the squirrel has somebody, and the, the raccoon has somebody. I mean, even the cat, I don't even like cats, God, but even the cat has somebody, you know what I'm saying? Like, like God, I'm just so lonely. 
Adam was not lonely because Adam was perfect. God created him with the capacity to experience this, and we're about to see down the road he will. But it was God who looked and said, you know what, it's not good for him to be alone. Now, obviously, this is a form talking about marriage, and I know that some of you will choose not to get married, and that is okay. But it's still not good for you to be alone. God wants you to do life in community. God put us together as a family. So you, you may choose never to get married, and that is okay. You can make that decision, that's fine. It don't make you less of anything because you choose not to, but you can't go through life alone. It is not good for you to be alone. God wants you to be in community. But what's fascinating about this is that God made Adam a helper. Someone, watch this, who was just right for him. And some of you scratch your head because how many of you married the opposite person, the opposite, the opposite, the completely opposite than you? You know what I'm talking about. See, opposites attract and then they attack. You ever notice that? I mean, it's crazy. They attract to each other, then they attack each other. That's just what kind of opposites do. Me and my wife, we are completely 100%, 100% opposite. But I want you to know, they said God made him, made him a helper. Could you imagine me introducing my wife that way? Hey, could you, hey, this is my wife. Yeah, this is uh, my helper who God gave me. Isn't she? amazing. She's an amazing helper. She, help, she helps me around the house. She helps me do all these things. Or could you imagine you introducing your husband? Hey, come here, come here, ladies. Come here, ladies. I meet my husband. He's my helper. <laughs> like, he does whatever I want him to do. Laundry, dishes, you name it. He's my helpmate. Like, like we won't ever introduce somebody like that, would we? But in, in a sense, that's what God said. I'm going to find someone to help you. I'm going to create someone to help you. And I'm going to bring someone beside you to help you. This is going to be your help made. And they're going to be perfect right for you. So listen to me. Listen to me. If you're single or single again, how, how do you know? And there's so many things we could go through, and I can't fix all the things in 30 second or 30 minute sermon, but how do I know what's the right person? The right person in your life, listen to me, will magnify you. They will, they will build you up, not tear you down. The right person will magnify you. They will support you. They will encourage you. They will compliment you. And listen, and not just for the first three months of the dating relationship. I don't know what it is, but on the third month in dating relationships, like everything comes out. You ever notice that? Like it's the third month, the things that you thought you were in love with, you were blinded by, and now you see the grossness, right, of the person. Like, I didn't know you picked your nose all the time. That's disgusting. Like, oh, whatever it might be for you, I don't know. But something about the third month, the third month's when jealousy begins to come out. The third month's when he says, no, you're not gonna go with your friends, you're gonna stay with me. Like the third month is when, some, I don't know what happens after 90 days, this is something takes place. But this person is past that. They're gonna encourage you, they're gonna support you. You see, the right person will magnify you, but the wrong person will minimize you. And they will talk, they'll criticize you, they'll disregard you, they'll neglect you, they'll verbally abuse you. And it's amazing how many girls, especially girls, will stay in relationships because time invested, even though they're being verbally abused. But who else am I gonna go to? I've spent, we've been dating for three years. He was my first. What am I gonna do? I can't walk away. I know he's a really good person and all your friends and everybody around you sees it, but you're blinded to it and you won't listen to him. And you'll stay in because you had time invested in a relationship knowing that it's toxic. Knowing if he would never ever change, would you still marry him? You see, sometimes we gotta step back out and quit being blinded by love and step back and see the reality. Is this person maximizing me and magnifying me or are they minimizing me and always tearing me down or bringing me down? And so he said, I'm gonna bring you a helper that's just 
right for you. And so here's what I, I've, I've done today. I, I've walked through this, is that I want you, if you're single or single again, and you plan on getting married someday, and it is your choice to get married, there's four questions. Now, there's probably millions of questions, okay? You go through premarital counseling, but there's four questions that I want you to ask, that I'm gonna ask you today that I want you to answer. And I want you to be able to walk through these together and dive in these as you go this week, as you study, as you prepare for marriage someday, or if you're engaged, or if you're dating, doesn't matter, these are for you. That you need to start walking through this before you get married. Verse 15, the Lord God placed the man, this is Adam, the Hebrew word for the man there is literally Adam. So God placed Adam in the garden to tend and watch over it. God said, Adam, I have a specific calling, a specific job for you, and I want you to go to the garden, and you will tend the garden, and you will watch over the garden. Adam, I have a purpose for you. Here's the first question that I want you to ask, is this, do I know my purpose? Do I know my purpose in life? This is huge. Do I know what God has designed for me and what God wants me to do? Because before Adam ever had a person, he had a purpose. Before he ever, ha ever had love, watch this, he had a life. Do you know what your purpose is? Most people go to their grave, they have no idea what their purpose is. They have no idea what God placed them here on this playground we call planet Earth. But the Bible teaches us clearly that you are not on earth by accident, that God has put you here for a purpose, that you have a life mission, and your life can be fulfilled in that purpose that he has for you. God has a calling for your life, a purpose for your life, a vocation for your life, a ministry for your life, and a mission, watch this, that's so unique to you. Do you know what your purpose is? Because here's the problem. When you don't know what your purpose is and you're wandering through life and you meet somebody else who does not know what their purpose is, here's where the, here's where the relationship automatically stops. I mean, automatically is, is already doomed, is watch this. It's now that you begin to make the relationship the purpose. You make the relationship the purpose. Well, I don't know, I'm just wandering through life and I'm waiting for Mr. and Mrs. Wright, my dream girl, my dream guy, and when they come and you have somebody wandering over here going, you know, I'm just trying to find me a honey and I just want a girl to change my life and I don't know why guys talk like that, but anyway, they want to do that. And then you meet each other and you're like, what are you doing? I don't know, what are you doing? I don't know, but you're cute, ha <laughs> you know? And like, and like let's, let's get together, okay, let's cool. And what happens is you have no clue what your purpose is, so you make them your purpose. Let me tell you something about them. They will let you down. And then now you have no clue what your purpose is in life, and now you made the relationship the purpose, and when the relationship starts to have problems, maybe I just need to find a new purpose. See, Adam had purpose way before he had a person. You have a purpose way before you even get married. Do you know what that purpose is? Now, I, I can hear some of you right now, I can, especially if you're teenagers and you listen to this and you're like, man, listen, I don't plan to get married. I'm planning to stay at home and stay on my parents' insurance till I'm 26, bro. <laughs> like, I don't plan to get married. They clean for me, they cook for me. Hello, I'm almost out. Okay, good, but someday if you choose to. And you're like, man, I don't know what my purpose is. And you know what? Maybe you don't know specific or unique purpose, the unique one, right? Because I mean, like, how do I discover that? How do I know? 
Like, you know, and sometimes we put our titles as our purpose. And I have a purpose, I'm gonna be, I wanna be a nurse or, or I wanna go you know, to school to be an electrician and I'm learning how to, to do that. You know, I'm, I'm gonna be a contractor or I'm gonna be a school teacher. Like, yeah, you may have a career choice, but what's the purpose? So what do you do when you don't fully know your purpose? Here's, let me encourage you to do. You serve God right now in the presence where you are. You begin to serve God right now where you're, like I don't know what God's future holds for me and I don't know exactly where he wants me to move when I, when I graduate or get married, I don't know that. But watch this, here's what you can do. Here's what purpose I know God has for you and that is to serve him. And if you will serve God and follow after Jesus and make that your purpose, even though you don't have a title, even though you don't have a job yet, even though you haven't graduated, if you will make your purpose to serve and follow Jesus, here's what happens. Along comes somebody else and you're heading to your purpose and you'll realize, hey, are you following Jesus? Are you serving Jesus? Oh, you're not? Sorry, you are not my purpose. I am following my purpose. But you come along somebody else and meets you and they said, I don't know what I'm gonna do in my life, but here's what I do know today what I'm doing, I'm serving Jesus, I'm following Jesus, oh, and he's cute, let's go. You know what I'm saying? Let's go. Let's keep moving forward. You may not know the future purpose, but you can today serve Jesus. And so if the person you're with now is pulling you down from serving Jesus, keeping you from reading your word, keeping you, watch this, from going to church, they are the wrong person for you. So you may not have a title yet. You may have no idea what you're gonna do when you graduate, but you can serve Jesus today. And if you find somebody else that's serving Jesus and you have compatibility and you're heading in the same direction, then walk it out. Everybody say, walk it out. Has no point, I just wanna hear you say, walk it out. You know what I'm saying, you gotta walk it out. Walk it out together and see where God has. But I want you to understand this. Watch this, watch this, listen to me. You need to know this. You gotta, you gotta make sure you understand this. You can have a dream girl and you can have a dream guy, but you cannot let them be the dream. Because when they become your dream, they will let you down. There's a purpose that God has for you. And God has to bring you, watch this, a helpmate, a helper to fulfill your purpose. And so if they're helping you moving towards the calling and mission and, and vision in your life, awesome. If they're holding you back or pulling you away from them, listen, there's eight billion people, find you another one because you don't have time to waste for someone to hijack your purpose in your life. So let me ask you a question. You need to rest with, do you know your purpose? Do you know why God put you here and what your purpose is? Look at verse 16. But the Lord God warned him, ye may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat this fruit, you will surely die. Here, just a little fun fact here, just to note this. Eve was not even created yet before God gave this command. God never told Eve. It was the man's responsibility to let his wife know. God wasn't even, Eve wasn't even created yet when God said, you cannot eat from this tree. But he said, here's a command. Everything you have is yours. You can do whatever you want, move freely, tend, take care, but here's something else. You have a boundary. And I'm gonna set a boundary for you in your life. Why? So the boundary will only allow you to let good things in and keep bad things out. And so Adam had boundaries. So here's the question I have for you. Do I know my boundaries? Do you have any boundaries? You need boundaries in your life. 
Do you have any of them? Do you even know what boundaries that you have put in place? Because by having clear boundaries, you're able to maintain your own personal identity, your values, your dignity, and you can also, you can also respect other people's boundaries as well. It's to let good in and keep the bad out. Do you have any boundaries? And so, do you know what they are? Do you have any physical boundaries before you get married? I promise you, sitting in the backseat of the vehicle is not the time to come up with boundaries. I promise you, that's not probably gonna work for you. Do you have physical boundaries that you will set in place? And you're like, come on, pastor, really, 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 come on. Really, sex is before marriage? Are you kidding me? That's so archaic. Or get, catch up. No, 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 really. God has a boundary for you to wait to have sex as you get married. There's a physical boundary he has put around. Do you know your boundary? Do you have physical boundaries? Honey, but if you love me, you'll let me. Well, honey, if you love me, you'll wait for me. There you go, come back, girls. Love is patient. Love will wait. Do you have physical boundaries set? You need to put physical boundaries in place. Do you have financial boundaries? This is huge. Because the person you married, if you're today, young people graduate with average of 60 to $80,000 in student loan debt, and so now you have 60 to 80,000, he has 60 to 80,000, Sally Mae, she'll be in your marriage for the rest of your life, you know what I'm saying? She ain't going nowhere. Do you have financial bounds? You understand how that works. Well, what's so important about this? Because the number two causes, of, well, the number two, first of all, fights and marriage is sex and money. Married couple will fight over sex and they'll fight over money. See, y'all, you're single and you're single. You're like, dude, man, when I get married, Pastor Daniel, man, I'm gonna have a sex all the time. I'm gonna have sex anytime I want. <laughs> yeah, right. Write a book, bro, you'd be a billionaire. Figure that one out. Hilarious. Sorry to shoot. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm the guy that believes that half is always half full, man. Go, go for it, bro. Good luck. May the force be with you. <laughs> Number one cause for divorce, it says unreconciled differences, but it's over money issues. Number one cause. The two biggest problems you have in your marriage would be talking about sex and talking about money. Learn now, physical boundaries, understand. Understand financial boundaries in your life. It's huge, you gotta understand this stuff. Friendship boundaries, what's your friendship boundaries? If you're the average of your top five friend, if that is really true, you're the average of your top five friends, look at the friends around you if you're single or you're dating. Who's the friends you circle yourself with? If they're toxic, you're probably gonna be toxic. If three of your five friends got drunk this weekend, you're probably gonna get drunk this weekend. You're the average of your time. If the top three or five of your friends always gossip and slander about somebody else, you're probably doing the same thing. If the top three or five of your friends looking at porn, you're probably looking at porn too. If you're the average of your inner circle, the people you run with, do you have friendship boundaries? Because listen, that will be toxic stuff that you will take into your relationship. Because I promise you a 30 minute ceremony, putting a ring on your finger and changing your last name is not gonna make all your negative emotions go away. How do you deal with it? Do you have these boundaries in your life? Do you know what these boundaries are? You need to set these boundaries. I mean, you do this, you have a self-awareness, which is amazing. Most people don't have a self-awareness. You will learn self-respect, you'll respect yourself. You have respect for yourself and you'll have personal growth in your life. 
And I know that's what you want. You need to have self-awareness and self-respect and you will grow personally in your life. Verse 19, so the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky and he brought them to the man. Now, the word the man here in Hebrew literally means Adam. So our New Living Translation says the man. Your translation may say Adam. It literally is Adam, the name Adam. To see, watch this, he brought Adam to the garden to see what he will call them. And then Adam, which was the man, chose a name for each one. There's something fascinating about this. I want you to, want you to see this. God allowed Adam to name everything, but God named Adam. God gave Adam his identity. God named him, created him, and said this is who you are and this is your identity. Listen to me, those who have not been married yet, do you know who you are? That would be your third question. Do I know who I am? Do I really truly know who I am? Who, who am I? What is my identity? Where do you find your identity? What is your identity found in? For most people, it's what other people think about them. Your identity is found in what other people think about you or what you think other people are thinking about you. And let me just help most of us out. No one's thinking about you. We'll sit there and we'll walk into work or maybe you walk to, uh, to, to, your, to your job and you're going, man, you walk by somebody's office and like, well, they didn't talk to me. Well, they probably thought I'm this and they'll probably think this stuff about me and, and they'll probably think I'm, uh, you know, I'm a snob and they don't like me and all this stuff. Listen, listen to me. They're not thinking about you. See, a lot of times we think we are what other people think that we think we are. It's crazy how this works. Where do you find your identity? And what other people think about you? Is it the things you have, your titles, your degrees? Is it your education smart as an athlete? Like, where do you find your identity? How do, you, how do you find this? Because the crazy thing is, the world doesn't get to define you. Let me take a step further. The world doesn't get to redefine you. God has defined who you are. You were Adam way before you met Eve. This is who you are before you had a relationship. You don't find your identity at the altar. Your life doesn't begin when you say, I do. I've got a purpose and plan for you now. I've got an identity for you now. I've set boundaries for you to protect you now. Who are you? See, you're Adam, and he named him. And when I look through the scripture, man, we could spend an entire series on this. How does God define me? Psalms 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. In your mother's womb, in the darkness, where you were just substance, I knew every freckle you would have. I knew the color of your eyes because I created you. And God never makes mistakes. He never says, oops, I've messed up. You are fearfully, wonderfully made. Isaiah 43, four says, you're precious. You are precious. God says, you are precious. You're not damaged good. Yeah, you may have blown it. Yeah, you made mistakes. Yes, you blew the first marriage. Listen, you're not damaged goods though. 
You're precious. You're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. John 3, 16, come on. You're loved. You're loved. I don't have to go and find love. I've already have been loved. The relationship's not the purpose. Jesus, you're the purpose. Now bring someone alongside me who's headed to the same purpose to help us fulfill our vision and destiny for our life. And even though we don't know what it is yet, we will serve you until you show us. Like that's what I want to be a part of. That's who I want to be with. You're precious, you're loved. Listen to me, bro. You don't, you don't have to have a woman to be a man. You already are one. You're Adam. You are whoever God's created you and called you to be. I have one more question. And really this question should have been the first question. But it's very important because this is, this is really the last question. This is the big one. Like if, 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 if my daughter or my sons and, and a day relationship, this is always, always, if it hasn't, and my daughter, she can't date till she's 26 or so. But anyway, <laughs> some of you will get that in a minute. I thought she can stay at home forever and they can live there and her husband can sleep in the basement. <laughs> but this is the question and this is the first question because this is where it all starts. It's very simple yet very profound. But let me unpack it for you. Do I know Jesus? I mean, come on. No, no I don't know about him. Do I know him? Do I truly, truly know Jesus? Because if I'm gonna know my purpose, if I'm gonna set boundaries, if I'm gonna know who I am, I gotta know my creator, how he created me. Do I know Jesus? Not know about Jesus, not the Sunday school answer. I mean, am I truly following after Jesus? Listen to me, ladies. The guy you're with right now, does he know Jesus? Oh yeah, he goes to church. No, 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 no. I didn't ask if he was dating the church. Does he know Jesus? Because there's a difference. You can date the church all you want. Do you know Jesus? And he can date it for a while to make you think he showed up to Bible study or he did this. No, 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 no. You watch him. You take time. Is he following Jesus? Does he know Jesus? And vice versa, bro. Does she know Jesus? I'm gonna talk about, she said, well, I've been a Christian my whole life. I, I went to, no, 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 no. Do you know Jesus and do you follow him? Because still today, I was like in the 80s, it might be 78% of Americans claim to be like Christians. Wait, What? If 78 or 80% of our country were Christians, our country would look way different. So I'd ask if you're a Christian, I'd say, are you following Jesus? Do you know him? Look at this, verse 21. So the Lord calls the man to fall into a deep sleep. And some of you ladies said he still hasn't woken up. That's another, I'm sorry, but I, just had, I had to throw that out there, man. That was so, make sure you see it. We got serious there, so a little fun part right there. Okay, right. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while the man was asleep, or while he slept, the Lord took out of the man's rib and closed up the opening. And then the Lord God made a woman 
from the rib, and he brought her to the man. Don't miss it. And he brought her to the man. She knew Jesus before she knew Adam. She had a relationship with God before she ever had a relationship with man. He was still sleeping. And he took her and brought her to him. Listen to me, ladies, listen. You've already been seen by God before you were ever been noticed by man. He sees you and he's pleased with you and he loves you. He has a purpose for you. He wants a relationship with you. And the greatest thing you could do if you're single dating, single again, listen to me, is to fall in love with Jesus and follow Jesus. Follow after him. I don't know my purpose yet. I don't have a title. I don't know. Hey, listen, okay, let's walk that out. But today you can start serving Jesus because that is your purpose. I know that. It's to follow and serve him as a believer in Christ Jesus. And so she knew God before she knew Adam. And I believe that's how it should be right now. You should have a relationship with Jesus. And if they don't have a relationship with Jesus, they may be cute, they may be, you know, all that. But listen to me, listen to me. Save your heartache and keep serving God until he crossed your path to somebody's on the same purpose that you're heading. And one final observation here. Is that while Adam was sleeping, God was working. And the observation there is, so many of you right now, you are stressed to the max because you haven't found the right one Everyone keeps asking you. Everyone tries to hook you up on a blind date. You're the third wheel. We can go on and on and on. And you're like, now you're just, you're saying, God, have you forgotten about me? God, don't you care about me? God, are you ever going to? And you have all the, all the thoughts, everything, over and over and over and over and over. And you're stressed and you're anxious, you're depressed, now you're hopeless, it's never gonna happen, or what? It never works out, and whatever it may be for you. Listen to me. Adam was resting while God was working. You need to rest in the Lord. And you need to trust him, that his plan is perfect. And if you'll keep following Jesus and serving Jesus and trust Jesus, that doesn't mean that you not that doesn't mean you stay passive. No, bro, take a shower, get a job, and then ask her out. Okay, don't don't just sit on your sofa playing video games. God's gonna bring her someday to me. I just know it. Until then, mom, I'm here. <laughs> you know, no, like, no, get a job. Start saving. Put on some axe body spray, whatever it takes for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, it don't mean you're passive means I'm actively waiting by serving Jesus. And the time will happen and the path will cross and he will bring the helpmate to help us fulfill the vision that he has for our life. And so those are the questions I wanna encourage you to wrestle with. And trust the Lord in this time of waiting or dating or in your singleness. I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads. We're gonna have fun with this series. Next week, we're talking about happily ever now. What is marriage? What is it now that we said I do? It's gonna be, we're gonna have a good time. And these questions are really just to provoke within you to search and discern, to encourage you to say, God, it's, you know what, I trust you. 
And also to look around at the relationship, your dating relationship that you're in and realize, is this the right one? And that might take a step back and some really hard conversations, but it's worth it. But it's worth it. And so if you're here today and you never put your faith and trust in Jesus, the first thing you need to do is you need to know Jesus. You need to know him. Because listen to me, you can never love your wife the way Christ loved the church until you know him. Ladies, you can never support and respect your husband the way the scriptures ask you to without knowing him. And so today, I'm gonna encourage you, right where you are, that you confess and cry out to her. You can say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, today I've repented my sins and I put all my faith and trust in you. And if that's you, just in a moment, your campus pastor or your host is gonna come out and they're gonna share with you your next steps that you could take. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that's new every single day. God, thank you for the opportunity to come and just look through your word and, and learn about the relationships that you want us to have. And so we trust you, Lord, that you will surround us with your presence, you'll fill us with your love. Our identity is found in you, and may we continue to search and discover that purpose you have. We love you, Jesus. Your name we ask and we pray, amen. Hey guys, thanks for joining us online today. If you felt led to take any next steps throughout this message, we would love to connect with you. You can best do that at betterlife.church slash next steps. If you would like to stay connected with us, um, you can download our app on any major platforms. And lastly, if you feel led to give and support the ongoing ministry of Better Life Church, you can do so at betterlife.church slash give. Thank you all so much for joining us and we will see you next week.